It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. My friends, you're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And what a time in history we are living in, for sure. So, And thank you to this team, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. What do we say? Finally, fantastic Friday. Fabulous, fabulous Friday. Friday. Uh. Well, it's also a very special Friday because it's an Alan Thomas Friday. Oh, yes. We have in studio with us Alan Thomas. He's writing these amazing essays. I tell you what, the one that, you, that we're going to roll out this weekend, uh, it, I, it just touched me. The Human Inclination Towards Liberty. I'm just thrilled to talk about this in the third and fourth segment. Oh, so am I, Kim. You know, it's always fun going back to the Federalist Papers and learning something and then getting to pass it on to, to you and the readers and listeners. And I've been just amazed at the reaction when we're looking at reaction on Facebook. I mean, the engagements and the comments. It's pretty amazing. You're, yeah. you're, you're, hitting, you're hitting something here in the American spirit. I love it. Well, you know, especially with liberty in the times that we're living in, you know, the, the COVID overreaction and just the, the force that's being used against Americans in an unprecedented way in America, you know, there's there's a reason these these are getting the traction they're getting, which is a good thing. Because we need constant education in our civic knowledge. Absolutely. So I can't wait for us to talk about that. And uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. We have all of our, our uh, podcasts of our shows with summaries, as well as our essays. We're going to do um, a couple of podcasts for Sounding Off with Kim Munson as well next week. We've been so busy. And then also America's Veterans Stories. I was telling Steve that people say, how do you come up with these great guests? And it's like the good Lord delivers them. But I uh, ended up um, doing part two with uh, World War II B-17 uh, bomber pilot, 35 missions, if you can believe wow. it, Fred Weiss. And uh, I talked with him last night, and he has some more connections for me. So I'm just trying to think, how are we going to get all these booked? <clears throat> so that that's really exciting. But this week, uh, our um, America's Veterans Story is World War II veteran, Army veteran, uh, Henry Tagmeyer. And again, fascinating. He was one of the younger guys. He was uh, probably training for the invasion of Japan. So fascinating uh, conversation. He's from my hometown, Goodland, Kansas. Oh, wow. So I was back at my high school reunion, my 20th high school reunion producer, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And uh, the little church that, uh, the little Lutheran church in my hometown was celebrating the 100th anniversary. So I I went to that with my brother and sister-in-law. And uh, Henry walks by with his World War II hat on. It's like, I need to talk to that guy. And so we got the interview. So I'm really pleased about that. That will broadcast this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. Then the next Sunday, uh, 10 to 11 p.m. The next Saturday, 10 to 11 p.m. So every weekend we have three um, America's Veteran Stories uh, shows that are broadcasting. And this also is so important for our history, uh, Alan. It is. And those, those stories are so amazing. And the individuals you get, I mean, everyone that that has those stories it's just awe-inspiring 
It is. It really is. And that's one of the reasons why the uh, charity that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, I've gotten to know uh, the guys from Cooper's Troopers, which is a bunch of combat veterans and combat Marines that they meet once a month uh, up in northern Denver. And Paula Sarles, I met her there, and she is a Vietnam-era Marine veteran, Gold Star wife. And she's just tireless. And she's, she said it's time to do a remodel. It was dedicated in 1977. We need to remember those people that have given their lives, been willing to give their lives, so that you and I can sit here and talk about these big ideas. So if you want to help them out, usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. So check out our website. Uh, that is kimmunson.com. And you can click on the picture. Zach does amazing... Uh, Images and sometimes there's some things that are so nuanced in there you really have to look at them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he does it, but he outdoes himself every time. <laughs> he does, and so be sure. And all you have to do is, is click on the picture, and then that'll bring up either the essay or the show summary or whatever. Uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter. There, we typically only send one email a week because we want to honor your inbox. It would be something remarkable to do too. Um, and uh, we'll have all of the upcoming guests, our most recent essays, our most recent podcasts. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. My friends, if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate. And Alan, I'm going to ask you about this. I'm adding another one onto this in here. I said, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their life. Do you think I can add that in there? I think you absolutely can. Okay. Um, Or their opportunity via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elite's agenda. How's that? That's a mouthful. It is. A lot of truth in there. There's a lot of truth in that. So let's go over to our quote for the day. And it's from Henry Henry David Thoreau. He was an American naturalist, essayist, poet, and philosopher. He was born in 1817. He died in 1862. And he said this. And I'm going to ask each of you about this. Think for yourself or others will think for you without thinking of you. Alan, you first. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good wait one. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But don't take my thunder. <laughs> All right, well, you could go first. Because you, you have a habit of doing that. I, I get a great thought and it's gone because you took it. No, she invited you first, so go okay. ahead. Well, there's just there's a lot of truth in that, you know, and human nature is very nuanced. And, and while we're talking about this thing of liberty, there's also this, this other side of human nature that's, you know, very fickle and, and is prone to faction and demagoguery, and that's kind of what that's pointed towards mm-hmm. is don't fall prey to others thinking for you make sure and have that self-reliance to think for yourself because they will not put your best interest in front of their best interests right exactly steve did you have a, a new thought or did we hit what you were going to no, say no you didn't and thank you uh <laughs> my first thought when i first looked at it this morning i said and how many times the word think or a form of it is used there america in my mind has kind of give cease to become a thinking how do i say this correctly cease to become cease to be a thinking nation i mean yes there are a lot of deep thinkers out there and i'm very thankful for them but across the board we have found more and more ways to uh you know entertainment is king and disengaging the mind is kind of a common practice and i'm thinking do we really think anymore 
Well, and I, I don't know if it's just our generation, though. As I go back and look at these different quotes, uh, the, the founders, Alan, realized that human nature was constant. And maybe it's just morphed so much, Steve, because we have so many other distractions. But I think there's always been distractions, but we have so many now. That's why what we do here at the show and so many people are working on searching for truth. You know, what's, what's the, the opposite of, of, of truth? Well, it's, it's false. It's, you know, lies. Untruth. Untruth. And um, what's the oper- opposite of order? It's chaos and confusion. And if, pe- if there's chaos and confusion going on, Alan, then it's difficult to find the truth, right? Yeah, and, and that's, that's exactly how the Founding Fathers saw it, is they saw, you know, it's a republic if you can keep it. You know, they knew that liberty was going to be hard. They knew that keeping freedom was going to be hard, and there was always going to be pressure against it. Mm-hmm. And that's why they understood that you had to have a virtuous people, a people like like you were talking about, Steve, that, that want to learn and that understand the fact that reason is good and not falling prey to their passions and just you know, doing whatever's easy and, and sitting in front of the TV, you have to have this self-reliance and self-assertion to say, no, I need to learn about my government. I need to know what I'm actually here to protect. And, and that's what's so difficult. But they saw that all throughout history. You know, Mm -hmm. they saw it in the republics. They saw it in, in their own example, in the monarchy in Britain. And, and we've certainly seen it all throughout the course of even American history is this constant, uh, conflict between order and chaos Mm -hmm. and uh, we need to be electing people that understand this and um, when we go back to the Henry David Thoreau quote I think that there have been many of us that have thought when we go to the ballot box and that we are electing people that we are electing people that have Americans best interests in mind but we realize that we don't. And at this particular point in time, there are those that are in, in government, both um, politicians, bureaucrats, and you have the interest of parties coming in, thinking of big pharma right now, big pharma, interest of party, government, and then bureaucracies forcing their product upon people. Um, we need to, to realize that, that we need to be electing people, virtuous people, people with character, that understand this American idea and don't want to rule over us, but want to be representatives for us. And you know, Kim, that's a that's a great point, and I kind of want to add to that because I, you shouldn't just elect people that agree with you on every single subject because you're never going to find that person. And that's why I appreciate lawmakers that give us their reason. You know, when when they talk about here's why I voted on this bill. I may disagree sometimes, and there's certainly conservative leaders within the mm-hmm. party that I disagree with, mm-hmm. but it's showing that reason. It's showing, here's why I did. There is a reason why I'm doing it, because one of the progressive lies is intent. You know, they talk about, oh, well, we intend to do good. Vote for us because we have your best interest at in mind. We're going to do good. But then the things they do don't turn out to be very good for us at all. So, you know, even if you disagree with a Republican or a conservative or a libertarian, I, I appreciate it when they at least tell me their reasons why. And even if I disagree, at least I can show that they're putting thought into what they're voting on. And even though we disagree on some, I know that they'll be amenable to me telling them, hey, this is why I want you to vote this way. Here are my reasons why. Because that's what a republic is. It's elected representatives. And, you know, you're never going to have a representative that 
agrees with every single issue you do because there's thousands of us that they're representing. Okay, Alan, that is, oh, I can see. Let me make a note on that because I see we need to go to break. Steve, do you click, quickly want to say something or should we go to break and come back? Uh, we better come back because what I, <laughs> I'll get too protracted. Here. Okay, sounds great. Before we do that, though, uh, all these sponsors that I have, as I mentioned, we're an independent voice, which what that means is, is I purchase my airtime. So truly, we are entrepreneurs. And so we appreciate your support. We appreciate the partners, uh, sponsors that we have here. And Hooters Restaurants is one of my sponsors of both the shows. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. They have Monday through Friday, great lunch specials, great uh, happy hour specials. And um, how I got to know them to be business partners is an interesting story. We've got it on the website. But it's a story about freedom and capitalism and free markets. And so be sure and check that out. We're going to go to break. Alan Thomas is in studio. Stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. It's Friday, Friday. I'm free again. It I'm is Friday. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson. M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. In studio with me is Alan Thomas. We're going to be talking about uh, this fantastic essay that you've done, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty. And we'll talk about that in the third and fourth segment. Alan, you mentioned that you you appreciated it when we have represented I'm no longer calling them elected officials first of all we we've got to we've got to get these narratives back they're not elected officials they're elected representatives and and I love the fact that the Supreme Court made this ruling on West Virginia versus EPA to start to rein in this administrative state they're going to go kicking and screaming because they love living off of us all these bureaucrats Big salaries, pensions, job security, even if we don't have results, they don't get fired. Uh, so, But to that, you mentioned about talking with elected representatives that give their reason. Instead of their you know, finger in the wind 
and looking at polls, trying to figure out what people want to hear, that they actually are thinking about things, thinking about the well-being of of our citizens, our freedom, and they give their reason. And so with that, Steve, let's go to your thought, and then I want to tell you a story. My thought. You're assuming I had a thought. Actually, <laughs> hopefully, you did, hopefully you still have it. Oh, well, <laughs> retention is everything anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, to, to what Alan was speaking uh, about, you know, you might not agree with every uh, politician who's out there, but, you know, it's always good to hear their point of view. And, you know, and that that's not just in the political arena by itself. I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of uh, recently produced television, but one of my favorites has always been Blue Bloods. And, the, you know, the setting is, is a very consumer, uh, conservative police uh, family there, hence the name Blue Bloods. And one of the girlfriends is incredibly, you know, right out of Harvard or Yale Law School. And they're discussing something about the legal system. And sure enough, you know, all the Reagans, they have their point of view. And it's strictly that of the conservative. And the girlfriend realizes that she's pretty much, you know, this isn't a fight, you know, a hill to die on. But then she stops herself and she explains the other side of the coin. And sure enough, what she has to say has incredible merit. And she turns them all. Uh, and it just, you know, I, that's the first thing I thought of when, uh, when Alan was, was talking about this. Is where have I seen this recently? And again, there's, there is merit in listening to the other side. There is merit in listening to the other side. My, how, my however, there's two things. First of all, uh, I was talking to one of our Colorado reps, and we were talking about the election, and uh, he had indicated that there was a bill that he had voted on, uh, and, it, and the reason that it was, and I think it was the fentanyl bill, uh, and I think, I can't remember, but it reduced, I think, something regarding the, I, I don't remember the exact, but it reduced something on fentanyl, but we still had fentanyl out there. But there was some mental health money in there for mental health. And uh, he said, I voted because I thought that was important. I see people hurting because of that. And I'm like, I get it. But then I said, I am very concerned about government getting into, quote unquote, the mental health business, because I can see all kinds of problems down the road. When we look at the transgender agenda and mental health and and government getting into that, I see big problems with that. And that's what I said to him. I said, our our young girls particularly are being uh, targeted for this whole transgender movement. And mental health is not the proper role of government. And I, he said, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with that. Uh, and so we had this conversation. So I think that's what you're saying versus those that have the agenda that government should be in the mental health business. How would you address that? Exactly. But I'm also saying a little bit beyond that, just because he disagreed with you on one bill and he voted yes for it doesn't mean that you should tear him apart and absolutely try and destroy his exactly. career. And we do that a lot as conservatives. You know, the hardest thing we have is infighting. You know, we say, oh, well, you disagreed with me about that. So obviously you're not a Republican or you're not liberty minded. And it's like, whoa, whoa, I, I still have my reasons and I feel like they're very principled. 
but we just disagree on how those principles are applied. And, you know, some of my best friends have different ideas on different things based that are very principally based and we're using the same principle and applying it a different way. So, you know, don't tear people apart just because they disagree with you. Have these reasoned, very well thought out discussions. And, and like you, you said with him, you may disagree at the end of the day, but at least, you know, there's a reason behind it and not just, oh, well, vote for me because I'm going to do good. That's not a good enough reason. Right. And uh, so we need to continue to have these conversations because I think also as conservatives, we elect these people and then we're not there behind them when uh, Mm -hmm. they're having to make these difficult decisions. I mean, those on the radical activist left, first of all, a lot of them live off of bureaucracies or nonprofits that uh, get tax breaks, but yet then they're out there, I think, assaulting freedom on a regular basis. And so those of that uh, are elected representatives that are taking these stands of being representatives of the people that understand the Constitution, we need to have conversations with them and let them know that we're there for them instead of letting them feel like they're just out there in the wind with nobody behind them. That they're on a firing line and both sides are shooting. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's see. I wanted to go to (laughs) this one. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Where are we at, Steve? I said, okay. This is from the Daily Wire. Love this title. Tesla asks Texans to limit charging cars during heat wave as wind power slows. Can you believe that? It says the Texas is currently experiencing a massive heat wave and is straining its electrical power grid. So on The Verge, Tesla, this was reported on The Verge, Tesla recently sent a notice to the screens inside Tesla vehicles saying a heat wave ex- is expected to impact the grid in Texas over the next few days. It recommends avoid charging during peak hours between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. if possible. What if you have to get someplace? What do you think, Steve? <laughs> Alan, what do you think about that? Then I'll ask Steve. I mean... You know, you expect this in California, but in Texas, and you would have thought they would have learned from the last natural disaster, right? Right. When that, when the horrible thing happened in the winter and they didn't have enough energy, don't you think they would have said, hey, maybe this wind and renewable energy isn't good enough? But apparently they didn't learn their lesson. Apparently not. And then the other thing is, is we know that across the country... Uh, these PBIs are not don't have the pol- uh, political will to, to shore up our grid. What do you think about this, Steve? I know you can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> well, <laughs> when it first popped out of me yesterday, I mean, I just stared at it in disbelief. As Alan just alluded to, was it 17 months ago, February of 2021? Uh, the problem is at the other end of the spectrum in terms of freezing cold. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that were supposed to happen did not happen, and therefore the grid could not deliver. Now we're, you know, I mean, this is kind of maybe a little bit more voluntary, but the same problem is there in terms of the grid really not being able to deliver what's expected of it. And uh, as t- as you said, Alan, you would think that these PBIs had learned their lesson. and uh, But to that point, we, we citizens have to learn our lesson as well. And um, what did we, gosh... Now, I can't remember, was it Bill that had called in regarding we should no longer refer to these as Bill. fossil It was Bill. Was it Bill? Uh, he said, we, we, again, language is so important. We should no longer call them fossil fuels. He said we should call them hydrocarbons natural fuels. He said that hydrocarbons are oozing up in the ocean every day. It's, it's renewable as well. 
And so when we talk about renewables, uh, let's talk about natural, uh, natural fuel. And I love that. Instead of fossil fuels, natural fuel. What do you think? I mean, humans are innovative. You know, if we ever do run out of hydrocarbons, then we'll come up with something else. I mean, you know, before we found gas and gas-powered engines, we had renewable horses, you know, and, and that was causing its own separate issues of, of waste within cities. And it was a huge hygiene problem until the mind was innovative and created the engine and created cars. And look what look what it's opened up across the world. So, you know, when, when it comes down to it, we're going to create and we're going to innovate. And if we can just get government out of the way, we'll probably do it faster. Uh, most definitely. And I was just thinking about that. It used to be that there was horse manure on the streets and we got everything cleaned up. You know, and, then the, and then the Democrats take over these great cities and now we have human manure on the streets. I mean, and uh, to your point, creativity and innovation. Uh, Steve's old enough to remember when they used to say that we were going to run out of fossil fuels. But uh, then through creative uh, innovation, our great hydrocarbon engineers, they come up with uh, hydraulic uh, horizontal fracturing. And it's right here underneath the surface. And we've got uh, radical activist Democrats that say, no, 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 you can't you can't drill for that. You can't explore for that uh, because and actually it's because they want to control the energy source. If you control energy, food and water, then you control the people. And that's what we see happening. Steve? Look at our shows just this week. We covered what's happening in Germany or what's about to happen in Germany with their natural gas supply. And or these particular issues here with what's going on in Texas here and now or 17 months ago. I guess we're looking for this one size fits all energy solution. But, the fa- you know, and OK, look for it, find it, perfect it. But in the meantime, you politicized it and you buy votes with it by getting people's <clears throat> mindsets in a certain mode that says, yeah, yes, this is going to you know put me in office and I'll make this happen. And it's just, we're just not being as smart as we could be. Well, and as Dr. Jill has, I learned from her, she said, when government gets involved, the quality goes down, the supply becomes limited, and the price goes up. So I'm going to go to this is from the Epic Times. Dutch dairy farmer faces having to call 95% of his cows. So if you lose 95% of your business, how do you live? That's the question. But it says in the Netherlands, dairy farmer Martin Nepelenbroek, boy, they have great names, don't they, is near the end of the line. New new environmental regulations will require him to slash his livestock numbers by 95%. He thinks he will have to sell his family farm. I can't run a farm on 5%. For me, it's over and it's done with. So there's that for Martin. But what about all the people that were depending on milk or meat? What's that going to do? I mean, this is what the, when I talk about the Davos elites, this is what their policies are doing. It makes no sense. And that's why you see all these tractors uh, uh, lining the streets in the the Netherlands right now. Yeah, you know, Thomas, or it might have been Hamilton said, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. And this is what we've seen throughout history. When when it gets too tyrannical, when people get too power hungry, eventually the multitude of citizens stands up and said, enough is enough. And it, it's just sad that we have to continue seeing this. You know, we see it on a global scale. It's not like the news 
is limited anymore. And it, it, when are people going to wake up and just realize that, hey, this is what they actually intend. This is what will happen. And here's the real world, real world ramifications of it. Right. So Texas, Tesla, taking away your uh, your freedom of mobility here in the Netherlands. I get it, guess it was the Danish farmers that have the, all their tractors in the streets. Dutch farmer taking away his livelihood. All of this because of rules and regulations. And uh, we're getting to we're getting to a point where everyday people are saying enough is enough. So let's go to break because that's a, a great uh, segue into the human inclination towards liberty, which is your most recent essay. Alan Thomas is in studio. We will be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. It's Friday. Indeed, it's Friday. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, Alan Thomas, it's an Alan Thomas Friday. Thrilled to have you here. Uh, This piece that we'll roll out this weekend in the newsletter, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty. Uh, You said in recent gatherings, discussions, and bantering amongst fellow conservatives and thought leaders, the concept that liberty may not be ingrained has been part of the discussions. So what do you say? Take it from there. Yeah, so, you know, my, my last article, I had this sentence in there that liberty is ingrained in people and it's a natural inclination and that we need to encourage that and foster that and show people that they they exert liberty in their everyday choices and and somebody challenged me on that and I it really got me thinking you know that was kind of a one sentence in the in the whole article that that they picked out and uh, you know, I've been on this show a lot, and I've I've talked about the the negative sides of human nature, like we're like we're talking about now, how power and force is used against people. You know, we've talked about mobs, we've talked about factions, we've talked about how people are inclined to listen to demagogues and be persuaded to use force against other other people. So I I've spent a lot of time uh, talking about what they ta- what the founding fathers talked about in the Federalist Papers in a negative way, and talking about the negative human nature and how brilliant it was that they founded a government that protected us against that. But we've never really talked about the positive side of human nature and this idea that liberty might be ingrained in human nature. And, 
I just really wanted to go back and say, you know, was I right? Was I right to say that? Do the founding fathers actually believe it? So, of course, I went back to where they consolidated most of their ideas in the Federalist Papers and started trying to uh, find areas where they maybe picked this out. And, you know, we actually, to, to start out, we just have to go back to the Declaration of Independence. You know, they, they declared these truths to be self-evident, that people have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, you know, the logical engineer in my brain immediately said, well, hey, if this truth is self-evident, that we have liberty, that we should have liberty, that must mean that it's naturally part of the human nature. How can you have a self-evident truth without it being natural? And you, you look at gravity, you know, gravity was natural even before Newton found it and put a name to it. And it was part of the natural fabric of, of nature. So one, it's, it's obviously self-evident and the founding fathers knew it was self-evident. But also I, I was able, you know, we were just watching uh, uh, some shows on Netflix the other day. And in that show, one of the protagonists held a gun up to, you know, the hero or the antagonist of the show and told him he had to do something. And it just made me think, why does that resonate so deeply? You know, you see that even in, in Shakespeare, you know, in some of the plays, the the bad guy forces the good guy to do something against what he wants to do. Why does that resonate? Why does that why does that have something within us that we say, that's wrong, that should not happen? And it's because we have this natural human tendency towards liberty. That's why 1984, that's why it resonates so much, because we see all throughout history that we do have this tendency towards human nature. And the founding fathers knew that. They just also knew that human nature was nuanced. You know, you don't have people that are just purely inclined towards liberty. You also have people that have this this inclination towards power. And you also have people that are willing to follow people who have power and are willing to not exert their mental resources and and reason and logic and try and be committed to uh, principles and become committed to ideologies. So it's interesting because they even talk about um, the petty republics in, in Italy and Greece and how these people in Italy and Greece constantly were cycling between tyranny and anarchy because they actually over applied liberty and that was actually another thing that was interesting to read in the federalist papers was alexander hamilton said you can actually take liberty too far you can become so liberty minded that you make your government so small that it it is completely useless and and we saw that actually in our american founding we went from the monarchy to the Articles of Confederation. You know, the Articles of Confederation were so listless. They were so pointless because the government couldn't do anything. You know, we we rebelled against this monarchy and we again swung the pendulum so far that we were practically an anarchy. And the founding fathers in their brilliance said, no, we need to find this, this constant push and tug between liberty and also having a government that's able to do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So... So they realized that federal government should have certain powers, but those were limited. And then how did we get from that limited government to what we have now? I mean, it's been it's taken a lot of time. It's been an incremental uh, encroachment upon our liberties as government has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the fact that this Supreme Court with the West Virginia EPA decision started to push back on this administrative state. And what has happened is with that is what has happened is 
we have elected politicians who did not want to be accountable and give their reasons for why they put something in place. Uh, they knew that maybe it was a bad idea, uh, but uh, in order to get reelected, they pushed off the actual results of that to a bureaucracy to implement that. And that, I think, were, is where we were off to the races regarding the, the growth of government here. What do you think? Yeah, and you know they understood this. Like I like I said earlier, it's a republic if you can keep it. And Alexis de Tocqueville, I mean, he has amazing stuff too. One of the lines he had is, "Nothing is more wonderful than the art of being free, but nothing is harder than to learn how to use freedom." And it's this this understanding that throughout human history, we've seen this idea of liberty woven in, but people don't know what to do with it. You know, they tried to amend the monarchy in Britain, and that didn't quite fully work. You know, they they tried to push back in Rome and, and create a republic and, and try and get some of that liberty back, but they weren't able to do it so hard because learning how to use freedom and liberty is hard. And there are those that seek to consolidate power and use it against others. That's just part of human history. You see that all throughout history. But that doesn't mean that liberty isn't natural and isn't part of our human nature. Um, You know, a great example is Nancy Pelosi, you know, someone who wants to consolidate power and tell people what to do. Hey, you need to stay in. You need to get vaccinated. Well, when it comes down to her life, she likes to get her hair cut, doesn't Mm -hmm, she? mm -hmm. You know, there's Bernie Sanders likes to talk about socialism and he likes to talk about how we need to do all this. He likes to want to force you to pay into his socialist beliefs. But when you look at his assets and holdings, he has multi-million dollar mansions. You know, when it comes down to his life, he likes having that freedom to choose where he lays his head at night. And mm-hmm. he likes to be surrounded by something big and expansive. So it's this it's this constant pull towards you have to be um, civically educated. You have to know what freedom is. You have to read history. You have to know the purpose of government. And when you lose that, you're naturally going to lose this fight towards freedom because it's hard work. You know, it's it's not easy. It's much easier just to sit back and tell people what to do and, and tell them what's best for their life. It's much harder to say, no, I'm going to make mistakes, but I would like to make those mistakes. You know, I'm going to mess things up throughout my life. I'm going to make bad decisions that aren't necessarily in my best interest, but I'm going to learn for them from them because... I want to have that ability to choose to live my life. So that's there's there's just this constant tug between the proper role of government and liberty and we've been losing that fight just because we've lost the education system. Mm-hmm. You know, we've lost having a civics class that really teaches, you know, what's going on, but again, I'll kind of push back. We do see a push towards Um, you know, charter schools towards more classical education, because I think we're starting to see the effects of not teaching our kids what liberty really is. We're we're seeing the effects of losing that fight in what the proper role of government is. And we're really making a good push towards it. But that's something that's going to have to be continual. You know, you can't just push for one generation and show them the effects of of socialism and tyranny and authoritarianism and then the next generation just say okay we're going to coast on what our ancestors did it's a constant um constant thing we have to do this constant education well and that is for sure and uh, you mentioned natural law and i i feel that there's such an assault on natural law <clears throat> i mean going right to the basics uh i don't think the founding fathers would ever have dreamed 
that we would have a dialogue between for example, Senator Josh Hawley and a professor at the University of California in Berkeley uh, talking about whether or not a man could be pregnant. I mean, so there is this assault on natural law creating confusion and chaos. I mean, if you go to the very basics, uh, in, in I would say almost all um, different cultures across the globe realize there's man and woman. It's only here in West, the West right now that we're having these discussions about that. And it's such an assault. It's, it's amazing to me that we're having these, these conversations about what is actually nature's law. I can't believe that, Alan. Well, it's an assault on truth. And that's one of the main principles we are found on is that there is truth and you can find truth through reason. Right. That's what the founding fathers believed. And and that's why you they believed you had to have a virtuous uh, citizenry because, you know, virtue doesn't just mean religious. But they did know note that if you have religion, you have to, as a byproduct, believe in truth. You know, if if you are a Christian, you have to believe there is a truth. And it's that seeking the truth that we've lost sight of and that progressives have been doing a very good job of fighting that bedrock, that principle of truth. And, you know, part of that is words. It's using words that actually mean something. You know, calling somebody a Nazi now doesn't mean anything because we've lost what Nazi actually is. We've lost the truth of what man actually is because they're fighting even what words are and how we define them. Mm -hmm. But we have to engage in this battle of the narrative because I really feel that we've acquiesced on that. And so that's why um, elected representative, not elected official, uh, natural fuel instead of fossil fuels, all these little things that we can do on a daily basis and start to take that narrative back is actually a a component of battling in this battle of ideas. Uh, Let's go to break because you, you mentioned reason and truth. Then we have the other side of that um, is the emotions that that, uh, that we're seeing that people that might want to do things that are not in your best interest use your emotions and it creates chaos. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Alan Thomas is in studio. He's talking about the human inclination towards liberty. We'll be right back. In a healthcare setting, informed consent provides that you, the patient, will have a say in your healthcare plan. This collaboration between you and your healthcare provider applies to most medical procedures, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risks, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Informed consent is not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. 
At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson. Sunday afternoons at 3 here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. It's it is Friday. In fact, it's an Alan Thomas Friday. Alan Thomas is in the studio. We're talking about his essay that will roll out this week in the newsletter, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty. Um, Alan, words, we're talking about words. And I was thinking, I think something that could help people is to think about the opposite. So emotion versus reason. When you say, and so those that want to control others many times use emotion. We saw this through the whole COVID-19 thing, the fear. They use this emotion of fear, which is so powerful. And from that, so reason, emotion, order, chaos, truth, untruth. I mean, those are pretty basic things, and it's important to think about the opposites. How do we want, how do we want to have a society? Do we want to have a chaotic society or an ordered society? And an ordered society, not because there's a heavy hand of order, but I guess that would be the, the founders were probably asking that question. How can we have order but not a heavy hand of order, right? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, this, this idea goes all the way back to Greece. You know, Plato and Aristotle talked about this idea of reason versus passion. You know, this idea that you have this emotional kind of animalistic desire sometimes versus coming away from that and say, having a reason logic mind. And they said... You know, what makes us human is this I, I ability to reason, you know, just surrendering to our emotions, to our every whims is what animals do. You know, they're able to just go out there and when they're hungry, they eat. When they want to drink water, they drink it. We're able to sit here and we're able to reason. And I'm able to say, you know, it's probably best if I don't eat that cookie right now because I'm trying to drop five pounds. You know, mm-hmm. that's what makes us human is this ability to reason. But we are susceptible to that emotional play. We are susceptible to having our, our emotions inflamed by people who can use it against us. And the, and the Founding Fathers use these, these ideas that have been wrestled with for, for centuries and millennia just to, to come up with this government that says, how do we protect against this? And this idea of factions, this idea that, you know, we're going to naturally separate and want to follow people. How do we how do we protect against this negative side of human nature and protect this liberty? And it's difficult. And, you know, it may, it reminded me of this. I, I had this quote by Thomas Jefferson printed out that the ground of liberty is to be gained in inches that we must contend to secure what we can get from time to time and eternally press toward that, which is yet to get. It takes time to persuade men to do what is even for their own good. You know, they, they understood that, you know, sometimes what's best for people 
may not be what they're immediately thinking of. And and that's why they founded this government, which is brilliant. You know, that's why they founded the, the Senate versus the House of Representatives the way they did. They they thought the House of Representatives, you know, they can be for the people, whereas the Senate can take a more reasoned, long-term approach. That's why their term limits are six years, because they wanted senators to be able to say, you know what, people are really fired up about this issue right now, and they think it's going to be good for them now, but we're going to take a more long-term approach. I know that my term is six years, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be able to be reasoned and step back from the passions of factions, the passions of the mob, and say, you know what, this isn't what's best for you five years from now. It may be good in the short term, you know, pumping money into the economy, giving out stimulus That's checks. That's where I, I was thinking about that, just as you were talking about mm-hmm. that. Um, and we see that... <clears throat> It was not good for us because now we have hyperinflation. And I saw a headline just the other day that Joe Manchin is uh, considering trying, at least from what the headline looked like, was trying to put the brakes on some additional spending. And so to your point, uh, pumping all this money in, giving out this free money seemed good when people received it, right? But then there's the effect, and it was it's not, not been that long, less than two years, Inflation at 9.1%, that means within 10 years, basically, everything's going to be double. And is, are people's incomes going to double? I kind of doubt it. Well, I, I sincerely doubt it because that's the whole uh, college experience for millennials now. You yeah. know, it, the cost of education has tripled and salaries haven't even doubled in, in 40 years. So, you know, it's, but that exactly, that's the point. Like, that's why the Senate has really failed us is they haven't taken this reasoned approach and look long term and said, you know what, I know COVID was hard. I know we purposely hurt the economy by shutting everything down, but we also need to pump the brakes and we need to need to take a long term approach and we don't want inflation to happen. And they failed us. You know, our, our representatives failed us and, and they voted for something that they shouldn't have. And, and that's why we need to have these sorts of conversations in, in, in pursuit of truth and say, you need to go back to doing what your purpose is, the, the purpose of government, and you need to be taking a long-term approach as a senator, and we'll let our House of Representatives reflect our current opinions uh, the way the Founding Fathers intended. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I want to go back to a question here. Uh, it was with a bunch of girls the other night. We were talking about the election, the primary elections here in Colorado, and um, the comment on being one issue voters now there are those that and i know women that used to vote only because they were pro-abortion although i'm challenging people because i think that abortion is our slavery issue of our generation so i challenge people to insert the word slavery instead of abortion i think it would change the narrative quickly Uh, for example um biden let me just i'm just going to do this just as an experiment oh i got too many headlines maybe i won't do it But um, the Biden administration, hold on just a second here. Patty has, um, I looked at the uh, outline, and by the time we get to Friday, it was 188 pages total. (laughs) So uh, let's see here. Texas sues Biden administration over Biden administration ordering hospitals to perform slavery. How about that? Doesn't that change things significantly? Yeah, it definitely does. And and, and you're right. This this idea of one issue voters is exactly what uh, pro- the problem in politics has become. Because when you when you become one issue voter, when you have this unnecessary fear, and that and that's really what Democrats have played on for a long time. This fear of 
hey, you don't have women's rights if you're going to outlaw abortion. And so a lot of women have become one issue voters on abortion because they're scared of that they've been inflamed by this fear by the Democrats or this anger by the Democrats. And, and that's really what the founding fathers didn't want you to become. They didn't want you to become um, political, ideological demagogues, you know, and, and you shouldn't be committed to ideologies. And that's what one issue voters are, is they're, they're solely committed to this one ideology to the, to the uh, detraction from everything else that may help their life. I mean, I have that in my life. I have I have friends that I know of that voted for Biden or Obama because of one issue. And in every other aspect of their life, they should have voted for the Republican because they believe in their own small business or they believe in, uh, you know, how government is negatively impacting their life in literally every other aspect. And it's it's hard to sit down and saying, hey, you know, you agree with 95 percent of the Republican platform. But you voted for Democrats because of these one or two issues, and it's because they haven't sat back and reasoned on which representative they should be voting for, which which political representative they should vote for, because, you know, it's easy. It's easy to fall prey to that fear, that anger, and the passions. It's harder to sit back and really reason your way through some of these things. Well, and it does. It takes mill work. It takes a lot of preparation. The amount of reading that you've done on the Federalist Papers – I mean, that means that you end up, people have to turn off the TV. Um, I, I've always said, well, my dad always said, you have a certain amount of hours in the day, and you choose what you do with those. And um, so my question here is then abortion, because some of the girls have gotten to the point where life is a, a very important issue. And, you know, there are those that say that there's, you know, that there are Republican um, candidates out there that are kind of wishy-washy on the um, the life issue. And I do think as, as we look at the vision of the Declaration that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, I think that we really do need to reasonably make the case for life. That's why I'm excited about the Roe v. Wade being pushed back to the, the states is now we have 50 different uh, petri dishes where we're going to have that discussion, and I find that that very positive. Here in Colorado, it's so radical regarding abortion. I mean, uh, a baby can be aborted in the birth canal. We need to to talk with reason, explain to people what is actually happening, and I think most people, I think, will start to move towards life. Your comments? Well, several things. One, I, I completely agree with you. You know, we've talked about this abortion mm-hmm. issue that I believed it should have mm-hmm been protected as life but but beyond that i hope people take more of an interest in their state representatives now you know that that has kind of been lost i know we talked about it uh several shows ago about uh the uh amendment that that took away the power from the states to elect their representatives and and you know beyond that you should even even these Republicans that are wishy-washy on this idea of life, it's it's being able to step back and reason and say, okay, they may be wishy-washy about abortion, but where do they line up on all 99 other issues? Is it better to vote for them versus their opponent who's going to not only vote for abortion, but also vote to take away your rights, your liberties through regulations through all of that. So it's really being able to reason and step back, not be committed to ideology. 
and and use reason and use this liberty that you've been granted in this country. Alan Thomas, it goes way too fast. But you're going to stay. Is I that, will, yeah. You're going to stay for the second hour. And so if you want to talk to Alan during the last segment of next hour, uh, we're going to be taking phone calls, 303-477-5600. Our quote for the end of the show is from Henry, Henry David Thoreau. He said, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put foundations under them. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team that I get to work with. Producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. We're in hour two. Boy, hour one. It's an Alan Thomas Friday. It flew by, Producer Steve. It did, and as did the whole week. And I was just saying to Alan, you know, you get stuck in the drudgery of each day, or the draw, uh, you know, each day's grind. the stuff you have to do, rice, yeah. uh, the or the do- daily dose of life, and it doesn't seem like anything's really happening. And then you get to Friday, it's like, well, wait a minute, I was just doing Monday's chores. And that makes me think of a friend of mine that has since passed on, but he said, "There's the blessings of the mundane." And when we've seen all the disruption that's happened in our lives, we realize there is the blessings of the mundane, of just doing the everyday chores and, you know, being with friends and family. There is truly blessings in that. And Alan Thomas, that is really under assault right now, the blessings of the mundane. It is, but it it takes, you know, stepping away from the fiery rhetoric of the mainstream media or even Fox News and and stepping back and realizing that your life has purpose like you talk about at the top. Absolutely. And we were made for this moment. Check out our website. That's uh, uh, Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're going to be talking with Mary Alpers. Uh, with Three Points Financial here in just a moment. And uh, they're great sponsors of the show. Uh, Before we do that, though, our quote for the day is from Henry David Thoreau. And he was an American naturalist, essayist, poet, and philosopher. He was born in 1817. He died in 1862. And he said this. He said, think for yourself or others will think for you without thinking of you. And... uh, I mean, the founding fathers knew that for sure. And uh, you talk about this human inclination towards liberty. We cannot assume that there are others that will be thinking about our liberty uh, for us. We need to make sure that we are protecting that, uh, Alan Thomas. And it's a constant struggle and it's a fight. And and we have to fight for every inch that we can get. And that requires thinking for ourselves. And that's why we do this show. 
is because we want to help you uh, kick the tires on all these big issues, uh, get your brain around them, and then engage in these important conversations uh, with friends, family, colleagues, and uh, our neighbors on that. And uh, your piece here, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty, will be rolling out this week in the newsletter. And uh, we talked about that in the um, the, the first hour and just really this is a beautiful essay it's just really great so I highly recommend people to check that out and then you stay, you're staying for the second hour which means that if people want to comment on what we talked about or have any questions for you you're going to take questions so that'll be the last segment of the show 303-477-5600 303-477-5600 um, before we get over here to Mary uh, there is this particular headline that we talked about last last segment or excuse me last hour but it says tesla is asking all texas-based customers to avoid charging their electric vehicles during certain times of the day as the lone star state is currently experiencing a massive heat wave that is straining on its electrical uh, power grid and we've had many shows regarding our power grid Uh, these pbis Instead of putting their fingers in the wind, trying to figure out how they can um, look at surveys and tell people what they think people want to hear, they need to be rolling up their sleeves and actually fixing this. And so, in essence, because of their lack of, of uh, doing what they need to do, it will be um, actually taking away people's uh, freedom of mobility, although most people that have Teslas actually have another car, too, so they'll probably be using their gas-powered car during this time. Steve, or uh, uh, Alan. Well, it's kind of interesting. It's why wouldn't Texas tell people with electric vehicles not to visit then? Because they've got a plug-in if they've got a visit. So isn't it interesting how they want to tell the people in their own state what to do but people visiting go ahead sure do it ah good point good point so hey let's get over here to mary alpers she is co-owner of uh, three points financial mary alpers it is a it's a mary alpers friday as well because mary and steve normally call in on friday mary welcome to the show oh thank you cam so three points financial is a fee only uh, financial planning firm and you obviously have three points that you have help people with but uh, when we were texting back and forth regarding what you wanted to talk about today, you said hope. And I thought, oh, my gosh, with inflation at 9.1% and all of the <laughs> things happening out there, I'm like, can't wait to talk with Mary about that. So what's your thoughts, Mary? Okay. Um, yes. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about how to instill some hope in um, people and myself and everybody. And, you know, it just doesn't take a rocket scientist to sit back and look at our country isn't really building back better right now. Um, our leaders aren't inspiring, and they're either proactively preventing what appears to be um, one crisis or another, or they're not operating with a hopeful mentality, or they're just incompetent, or it's purposeful. Uh, there's a lot of debate on every issue about that. But it seems like, regardless, there's an unavoidable force of resignation, either deliberately or simply, um, it's just the result. So how can we help turn that around? And as a small person like me that runs a business and, and sees clients every day, I see it as being person by person, relationship by relationship. We need to learn how to regenerate hope. And you always say, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, your body. That's actually the reason I started listening to you is when I heard that. Oh. Yeah. 
And um, these are strange times, and many people are on edge and volatile. Um, they feel like they've lost control of themselves, their lives, and their independence. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And so they lack hope. So we need to reestablish a sense of pride and hope in our nation and in our lives. And hope comes through faith, and faith is believing and trusting without seeing. So whether it be believing in God, which is my go-to, or faith in mankind, believing that things can and should be better, all of that is hope. And having hope takes courage and strength. It means not losing focus on what matters and not being distracted because there there are a lot of things you can be distracted you know, from and towards. But instead, pressing forward with very clear minds. So from a practical standpoint, hope gives you reasons to take care of what you need to protect and take care of your family, your finances, ability to earn a living if you're working, remaining productive even if you aren't, remaining thoughtful, and influencing others for the better. And it gives you reasons to take small actions such as doing a simple practical thing such as purchasing I-bonds at high interest rates while you can and analyzing your inflow and outflow, even with these high gas prices. And it means not giving up. And mm. sometimes it means pulling out of yourself and removing any sense of entitlement and looking outwards at, you know, what is better than, bigger, I should say, than you is better. Looking at how you can make a difference and bring hope to others. But from a spiritual and intangible perspective, hope is necessary to get up each morning with meeting. Hope allows you to think out of the box. In what, you know, in what way can you make a difference? And how can you influence anyone or many for the better? Just like what you're doing every day with your radio show. You have to have hope to do this because it fights off the doom and negativity and a culture of death which is a term I use when I when we have family discussions about what is going on around here, and a despair that is becoming prevalent in our society. And hope gives you courage, and hope allows you to hold up someone else when they're losing hope. So how do we increase it? We have to talk about it. We have to share hopeful and positive stories with others. That's what I do with a lot of clients when we discuss certain topics uh, related to their life. How can we make things better? We can't live in isolation. We need to learn more, and we can go back in history and realize that our nation was founded by hopeful people, mm -hmm. people who wanted a new nation for those who were brave and hopeful enough to reach their dreams. And they designed a government that would allow more freedom and less bureaucracy than had ever existed. And although there are some who want to tear it down, there are others who don't. And we need to find those people and lift them up. And, and encourage them. And I remember many years ago, I was at, my kids were at a school that was supposed to be very inspiring, but it had a very uninspiring principal. And at one point I went in to talk with him about, you know, where is the school going? And he said almost mockingly, well, what would you like to see? <clears throat> because his failure with hopelessness were just pulling down the entire school. He said, are you thinking we should be something like a shining light on a hill? <laughs> and I answered, yes, why not? That's what I'm paying for. What a great place to start, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was such an odd statement. Like, uh, do you actually want this to be a shining light on the hill? You know, and it's, 
<clears throat> it was so strange, excuse me. But hope isn't gone. It's just buried by the media and the government and private corruption and the elites who discount others who think we're not really entitled or worthy of having hopes and dreams. And that is just pounded in constantly. But we are worthy, and we must remember that. We can't be dumbed down and resign ourselves to a society that removes hope and strength and respect and love of people's souls. So hope requires being proactive and clear to stay on track towards your calling. And you can make better decisions with less emotion, and that's contagious. That becomes an attitude that can be felt and seen by others, and I just think we really need more of it right now. Oh, Mary Alpers, this was just fantastic. And uh, uh, you can see that uh, they have the complete package for people at Three Points Financial. And um, and, and uh, so reach out to them. Go to their website. That's threepointsfinancial.com, threepointsfinancial.com, because you can see how they care, how Mary cares about about people, and she brings that expertise, that care to the business as well. Mary Alpers, thank you so much. You've given me an enormous amount of hope, and I so appreciate you and Steve uh, as our, our partners here. I really do. Oh, thank you, Kim. You have a good weekend. Okay, you too. And we're going to go to break when we come back. Talking about somebody with courage and bravery is Leslie Manukian. She is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. She's our next guest. Alan Thomas is staying in studio. Uh, Last segment, uh, call in 303-477-5600. We'll be right back with Leslie Manukian. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. In studio with me is Alan Thomas. He has a great essay that will roll out in the newsletter this weekend, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty. And um, Mary Alpers was just on the line. I tell you, I just she just rocked it uh, with her comments today. And they're, they're great partners of the show, Three Points Financial. So for looking for your financial independence, they're the people to work with for sure. On the line with me is Leslie Manukian. We've not met in person, but I feel like she's a dear friend. 
Uh, we got connected during the whole reaction to COVID, and she uh, started Health Freedom Defense Fund, and they actually were the group that sued and was successful in freeing us from having to wear masks on airplanes and buses and whatever. Leslie Manukian, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. It's great to be with you. Oh, it's great to have you. And uh, I guess the last time we talked, it was several months ago, and the decision had just uh, come down regarding the uh, um, you know mandate on public transportation. But uh, instead, they've, they've uh, decided to uh, appeal that, right? Yes. Well, it's very clear that the government didn't like what the judge ruled because the judge essentially struck a blow in what's called the administrative state, right? It's this unelected, unaccountable administrative bureaucracy that exists. Some people call the force um, for the state. And they have been amassing power and infiltrating all aspects of our lives for many, many decades. But they're getting, um, they're certainly having their wings clipped, one by our judge, and then by other judges as well. There was just a ruling by the Supreme Court uh, striking down EPA's, some of EPA's usurped power. And so basically what's happening is that the courts are starting to push back and say that these administrators, these bureaucracies don't have as much power as they are claiming and that the government, the federal government wants them to have. And so they're pushing back. And what's happening is DOJ and the federal government want to retain the power that these administrative agencies have sort of clutched in recent decades, and so they're defending it. But we're pretty confident that the judge, is um, that the 11th Circuit, which is where it's been appealed to, will uphold the lower court's ruling. Well, I remember, again, we talked just shortly after that ruling had come down, and uh, I remember the story of a, a, a flight attendant going up and down the aisle at, right after the um, news came out and people joyfully throwing their masks into a trash uh, trash bag and uh, we need more people to be pushing back but tell us a little bit about your story I mean you were on Wall Street for many years very successful there it's been just a real journey for you to get to this point where you founded Health Freedom Defense Fund yeah well I was on Wall Street I worked for Goldman Sachs and then Alliance Capital, um, running their European growth portfolio manage, um, management and research businesses. And, um, and then I learned about the whole vaccine debate, and I, um, and I became a mother, and I decided I was going to make a documentary film. So I made a documentary film on the vaccine debate called The Greater Good, which you can watch at greatergoodmovie.org. And um, it was an award-winning film. We received an award even from the School of University of Alabama, Birmingham, for our treatment of an important issue to public health. And um, I made that movie, and, you know, I've been researching. And that was a while ago. When, when did you release that, Leslie? That was released April 2nd of 2011, so 11 years ago. Wow. And that movie was a, I think, in some respects, a seminal event in the whole in the in health debates and the debate the discussion about corruption in the medical complex and the reason for that is that most people don't realize that our regulatory agencies these agencies are actually captured by the industries they are supposed to, supposed right. to be regulating they received 
billions of dollars. I mean, the pharmaceutical industry pays user fees to the FDA to the tune of $2.6 billion this year, and that amounts to 65% of the salaries of FDA's drug approvers. So the drug approvers, 65% of their salaries are being paid by the pharmaceutical industry. They know who butters their bread, so they approve in line with you know, what they're being instructed to do. CDC and FDA even partners with the Bill Gates, with the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. CDC takes millions and millions of dollars from the pharmaceutical industry and other vested interests. These are not, um, you know, health agencies protecting your interests. They are doing the bidding of these special interests that have captured them. And it's really important that people understand this. And so this was one of the minor things that we um, investigated in the movie. But the other thing is that most people don't know this, that no childhood vaccine on the schedule today has ever been tested against a placebo, none. And federal health officials refuse to do a study comparing the health outcomes of unvaccinated children to vaccinated children in a big study. The small studies have all shown that those children who are unvaccinated are healthier than vaccinated children. And those of us who are health freedom and health safety advocates just wanna see proper research done so that parents and individuals can make informed choices based on the true science. And these health agencies are refusing to do this research. So I did that and then that brings you to 2020 and when 2020 unfolded, it was very clear to me what was going to happen, which is that this was going to be used, this crisis was going to be used um, as a pretext to enact all sorts of draconian measures which would strip us of our rights and freedoms. And I said to my husband, probably January 4th, you know, this is what's coming, and he kind of laughed at me. And of course, we all know what happened. And so, um, in the early stages of 2020, I founded Health Freedom Defense Fund because I was inspired, led <laughs> um, to do something to push back. And I, I felt that um, uh, some amazing attorneys had been brought into my life who were very accomplished and successful commercial litigators, and I felt that it was something that, that would help. And so we filed, I don't know how many lawsuits at this point, well over a dozen lawsuits pushing back against mask mandates, vaccine mandates at the federal level, at the state level, at schools and at businesses. And we've got many more. We're actually, Kim, you may not know this, but we filed, we've been collaborating with Naomi Wolf of Daily Clout, and we filed a citizen petition with FDA on the 5th of January, and we'll be following up with a lawsuit um, this is a perfect example of an agency not doing its job, not following the law and overstepping its bounds or abdicating its responsibility. I can tell you more about that if that's of interest. Most definitely. So why don't we go to break? Uh, Alan Thomas, before we go, did you have any quick question for Leslie right now? Oh, no. I mean, the, the greater good, that sounds like a great one. It reminded me of uh, there's a new documentary, Dope Sick, where they kind of hint at what she was talking about, about the FDA kind of being beholden to these pharmaceuticals. And it's it's flabbergasting and it, it just opens your mind to hey, they're, they're basically paying off our government officials. 
Right. And then uh, it's not brilliant. It's brilliant in a diabolical way. So then if you can get government to force people to uh, use your product and have government many times use taxpayer dollars to buy the product, I mean, it's 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 kind of insidious, actually. Let's go to break. Leslie, can the oh, yeah. go ahead. Can I just say the CDC is the largest purchaser of vaccines in the country. They buy about $5 billion worth of vaccines for their Vaccines for Children program for, for um, you know, kids who are in, um, who are not well off, right? So disadvantaged right. kids. And then they're also charged with monitoring and ensuring the safety of those vaccines. How is that possible? And they own patents. And the vaccine industry has zero liability for the vaccines that they produce. It is a serious mess. Well, it is a serious mess. Okay, before we go to break, I just have to comment. Leslie, I, I see these young parents that they're trusting their doctors, and the doctors are saying, you know, vaccinate your kids, and, and the vaccine schedule is uh, is grown so significantly, again, as as uh, Big Pharma's gotten more and in, more involved in it. And um, they look to their doctors. They trust their doctors. The doctors don't question the CDC. The CDC is in the pockets of Big Pharma. And our children are being the guinea pigs for this, Leslie. Yes. The, the vaccine schedule tripled after Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act in 1986, which provided, which indemnified the vaccine industry from responsibility, liability for their vaccines. That's what happened. Yes. And as, and Al and I were talking in the first segment about freedom inches by inches. It's also been inch by inch that there's been this big encroachment. But we now see what's going on. And so that's why what you're doing, Leslie, uh, with Health Freedom Defense Fund, so many people having the courage to step forward and talk about these issues is so important. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Leslie Manukian. Alan Thomas is in studio. Uh, stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. It's Friday. 
It is Friday, and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly news- newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim. Uh, I'm talking so fast because I, I want to get to all this. And thank you to all of you who support us. But um, on the line with us is Leslie Manukian. She is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. And she's agreed to stay uh, on through the call-in time as well. So you can uh, give us a call the last segment, 303-477-5600. You can uh, comment on Alan's piece, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty, Leslie regarding uh, Health Freedom Defense Fund. And I'm going to date myself, and I told Steve not to say anything about this. But Leslie, I did not get the vaccines for um, measles, mumps, or chicken pox. I actually got all of those. Uh, when I was a kid, and uh, so Good I did for you. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, I'm so concerned. I mentioned this about these these young parents. They cared so deeply about their children, and they're going to doctors who care about their patients. But I think that there has been propaganda that's been pushed down by the CDC to these doctors for so long, and then also uh, through the the whole COVID reaction, the threat of losing their licenses. Um, we now have healthcare providers that are standing up and pushing, pushing back, and looking, uh, you know, looking at these issues. And, and one of them, I have a new sponsor, Roots Medical, and uh, they want to look at the, the complete getting to the root of your your healthcare, which I love about that. But they um, have founded uh, one of their members is a founder of um, Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. So uh, there are many healthcare providers that are finally starting, I think, to push back on this, Leslie. Well, first of all, Kim, I want to say that what you're talking about and touching on is so incredibly important. Parents go to doctors because they think that they are experts, will share with them the science and give them the best advice possible. They trust them. And that image of doctors being trustworthy has been cultivated over decades. Now, I believe that most doctors are well-intentioned. Unfortunately, they don't realize that they're being controlled and actually deceived. And the reason I say that is that it's not just the federal agencies that have been captured. It's our hospitals. The doctors almost all work for hospital systems now. If they don't abide by what the hospitals tell them and the hospitals get money, federal funds, then they can't work in that hospital system. They're taught in medical school that there is no life outside of hospital systems, that you can't be an independent practitioner. That's what they're taught these days. But then you've got the hospitals are captured, the medical journals are captured, the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, these are trade groups that take millions and millions of dollars from the pharmaceutical industry and then issue what they say are their opinions, but they're not unbiased opinions. And then you've got something that's really, truly insidious and, and, and pernicious, and that is the state, the Confederation of State Licensing Boards. Yes. There is a group of state licensing boards that operates across the country And these state licensing boards, which actually operate in each individual state, um, they dictate, to some extent, what policy is. And if you violate what their policy, that's what happened under COVID. They have told doctors, they've sent them letters, if you speak out and say that these shots are ineffective or they're dangerous, we will haul you in front of the state licensing board, review your license, and potentially revoke it. 
So these doctors are under immense pressure, but they're being deceived by the hospitals, the universities who are taking money from big pharma, and then the journals who are actually owned as well, not to mention the federal agencies. They're out and out lying. CDC has posted on its website for years and years that vaccines don't cause autism. They don't have any science to substantiate that. They were sued um, and they were forced to take that statement down. But they've been saying it for decades. So my point is there is a massive medical complex, this apparatus that is in place that is misinforming doctors, even though those doctors are well-intentioned, telling them that there's no science to any of these um, debates or these issues. And so the doctors are telling the parents what they believe, but they are incredibly misinformed. Does that relieve doctors of their responsibility? No, I don't think it does. It puts the onus back on the parent. And all I can say is buyer beware is the most important um, principle that you can possibly remember as a parent. You spend a ton of time investigating your car seat, you better do multiples of that investing, investigating childhood vaccines because you will be stunned by what you discover. So, Leslie, speaking of, um, we saw that, what, the FDA just approved a COVID vaccine for uh, babies, six months, toddlers. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, because I had Dr. Robert Malone on the other day. I asked him for his final thought uh, before we went, um, or at the end of the show. He said, don't get your kids the COVID jab, was what he said. What's your thoughts about that, Leslie? Well, um, I concur with with Robert Malone. Of course, I'm not a doctor. And in this country, it is illegal for someone who's not a medical doctor to give medical advice. So I can't say what he said. But I can say that we are we have filed a citizen petition with FDA um, asking them to revoke or at the very least suspend their authorization of these shots for infants and toddlers. Um, And the reason that we've done that is because they've broken the law, they have ignored the data, they have um, uh, been dishonest about the public comments. They've, they've, you know, it's it's unbelievable what they've done. So we've asked that they revoke or suspend the ruling, but they have actually broken the law because they are required by law to post comments and to review and consider those comments before they vote. They received over 130,000 public comments. I think they closed it on around June 14th or 15th, June 13th, maybe, and they started their meetings on the 14th and 15th. There's no way that they reviewed 130,000 comments. They're also required by law to post those comments. They posted one. So, and the committees get the, the comments at the same time as the public sees them posted. So they didn't consider them. They're required by law to do that. <laughs> They're also required by law to consider (coughs) the data and the science, excuse me. But what's really jaw-dropping about the clinical trials of these little kids, there were 4,500 kids enrolled in Pfizer's clinical trial. 3,000 of those children, two-thirds of them, didn't finish the trial. Why not? No one knows. It's been ignored. They excluded... 97% of the cases of COVID during these little kids' clinical trial, 97% of them, and they ended up looking at three children who had COVID in the vaccine arm and six kids, I think, or seven kids who had COVID in the placebo arm, and they concluded it was effective because of that, but they excluded 97% of the cases. Why? 
They're required by law to consider all the data. They are ignoring the data that um, I think 34 kids in the vaccine arm had severe COVID and none in the placebo arm. Why? It might have even been 43. I might be flipping that. My point is they are ignoring the data that more kids got COVID in the vaccine arm than in the placebo, that more kids got severe COVID in the vaccine arm than the placebo arm. And this is illegal. It's also what you'd call, you know, it's not rational or logical, and it's arbitrary and capricious because they can't just implement a rule which completely ignores the data, and that's what they've done. So, um, you know, on top of that, of course, these little kids have zero need because they have such robust innate immunity. They've got strong thymus glands. They've got um, robust innate immunity, which protects them, and they have almost zero risk. In in fact, the research shows that they have less risk from COVID than they do from seasonal flu. So why in the world would you vaccinate these children, and how in the world can FDA justify authorizing these shots for all these kids um, when they have almost no risk. It's it's insane. And the thing is, the the problem is that our that they are such a rogue agency at this point. The only way to hold them accountable is to sue them, and so that's what we will do. Just like we sued the federal government over CDC's um, rogueness when they issued a nationwide mask mandate on airplanes, despite the evidence. Wow. So uh, you've got a lot going on then. Um, I guess one other question before we go to break. Leslie's going to stay on on, uh, the line and for our call-ins as well as Alan's in studio is something that I've been very concerned about. And we're going to address this with uh, some parents next month on the show. But out here in Colorado, there's legislation that's been passed that is uh, putting health clinics in schools. And it's under the guise of oh, dental and a variety of, of things. And, um, and there actually are health departments now or health clinics in schools. I see tremendous danger with that, Leslie. Uh, one over here on the whole transgender agenda, because there's also been a law that's passed here in Colorado that will allow 12-year-olds uh, to be able to give consent for certain drugs. I see that as tremendous danger. It, it's way out of the, the lane of what government's supposed to be doing. Your comment on that, Leslie? Well, Kim, what your listeners probably don't know is that this is an agenda, that there is a view that the parents of the children, the natural parents, shouldn't be the parents, the biological parents. Rather, the state is the parent. The government is the parent. And in California, it took them about eight or nine years in order to destroy parental rights. They actually issued the legislature, the assembly in California, started out with laws, with a law allowing children as young as 12 to receive um, the Gardasil vaccine and hepatitis B vaccines. And they said, well, they're for tra- sexually transmitted diseases, and so we think it's important that they have access to them. But don't worry, we're never, ever going to intrude on parental rights. Well, they did exactly that. And they have been attacking parental rights for a decade in California. In New York, they've done the same thing. In Washington, D.C., they tried to introduce a law that would allow 11-year-olds to consent to any vaccination. This is just this past year. Any vaccination. And 
the parent would never be allowed to know about it. There would be two separate tracks of medical records. So if your child died from a vaccine and you had no idea, you would never know. Never know. So if you ask me the reason that they are putting these health clinics in there, it's, it's just an agenda to destroy the fabric of American society, right? It makes people crazy. It frustrates and angers parents. It makes them more prone to, I think, doing something um, extreme. And then they can call any parent who stands up to protect their child an extremist. We already know that they're trying to connect um, those who believe in the Constitution and American ideals as terrorists, people who stand up for health freedom, who question the safety or the narrative, the COVID narrative and the safety of these COVID shots have been labeled domestic terrorists by the Department of Homeland Security. This is where it's going. They want those clinics in the schools in order to bypass parental consent. It's an agenda. And anybody who thinks it's, you know, just for convenience or for your children's well-being has been seriously misguided. So, you know, these are extremely insidious policies and parents should be up in arms about them. What saddens me is that Americans have been just asleep at the wheel for decades, and that's how we got where we are. And now we really have to stand up and push back. Well, and when Mary Alpers was talking about hope, people standing up, Leslie, you are really on the forefront, uh, and you you uh, assess this whole uh, COVID reaction, what where we were headed, and I, I as well. Uh, I, I saw big danger there. And so uh, there's so much hope, though, in what you are doing. And, and you have such great courage. And Alan writes these great essays. And so let's go to break. And uh, when we come back, well, before we do that, though, I want to give a shout out to the USMC Memorial Foundation dot uh, org. They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And we have to remember our history. That's why we do our America's Veterans Story show. Uh, and people throughout American history have stood up and had courage and bravery. And uh, we're talking with Leslie and, and Alan, and they're two such people of our generation. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Leslie Manukian and Alan Thomas. This is a rare opportunity for you callers to uh, call in and talk to both Leslie or Alan. That number is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. And I was talking with uh, one of our listeners the other day, and she said, Kim, I was really nervous when I first started to call in. And she says, I know there's hundreds of people out there that want to call in, but they're still nervous. I'm like, have the courage. Give us a call, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you know about informed consent? The principle is a cornerstone in medicine and applies to nearly all medical treatments, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your health care provider and should include the benefits, risk, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Sadly, two-thirds of patients report not being given sufficient information about the treatment and even report feeling pressured to give consent. Informed consent, it's not just your signature. It could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. 
Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. It's it is Friday, and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, Alan Thomas is, stay, is here for the second hour as well. And uh, we'll, we had talked about in the first hour his essay, The Human Inclination Towards Liberty. Leslie Manukian, founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, is on the line. And we've uh, got the lines full. So if, if you call and uh, it's busy, call back. First caller, Johnny in Denver. Johnny in Denver, uh, what's on your radar? Okay. Um, I'm... Sometimes I'm thinking about these words. Um, the, uh, the schools should teach, but but now I'm, I'm starting to think like maybe the schools shouldn't teach everything, and maybe the, it should go back to the parents should should teach. So I, I have granddaughters who are becoming 13 year olds, and so I'm going to their mothers, and I want to I want to get pushed back from the, the oldest daughter saying they're so smart, they're so smart. And I said, stop talking stupid. You're 17, you're, you know, you're 13 more years smarter than her. I'm even more years smarter than you. Uh, talk to them about this vac- vaccination and tell, so they can know that when, when they have kids, it'd be in their mind to think before they let doctors give their kids these jabs. Absolutely. And Johnny, um, uh, we'll let Leslie talk about that. But you're running for State House here in Colorado, House District 5. Wanted to make sure people know that. So it's Johnny J for... Colorado House District 5. Okay. So, Leslie, what Johnny's saying is having conversations with our kids about this. That's uh, probably the first line of defense. Correct, Leslie? 100%. But I think it's even, you know, you have to also understand that your children are being indoctrinated from the time they're very young. Um, The Sesame Street is being used to indoctrinate your children on all vaccines and the COVID shots, okay? Sesame Street, other children's programs, um, they're putting these things out in order to make your kids from the time they're very young think that it's their part to get a shot, that they're bad if they don't, and that these things are safe and that they should trust authority, right? This image of the expert. Think about doctors wearing white lab coats. We're talking in the 40s and 50s, doctors in lab coats were saying, my brand is camel, right? That image of a doctor in a white lab coat is a carefully curated image designed to make you respect and defer to authority. 
That's why they wear white lab coats to separate you. That's why they use the title doctor. Who else gets a title? I mean, doctors don't run or lawyers don't run around saying Esquire to every, you know, call me Esquire. It's just doctors. They have they hold this special position. And this has been a long-term agenda to cultivate this image that they are somehow above everybody else and that we should defer to them. So we need to understand that this is happening to our children, in our schools, and all across society in the media, and that we have to remind – I've taught my son, he's 19, since – the day he was born, question everything, especially those in authority, even me. I think that's the message that we have to send to our children. Question everything. Dig deeper. Don't take anything at face value, because if you do, you're missing all of the nuance. And there is, unfortunately, deception in the media every day. They're, they're, the, the lead on most of their articles will be very different from the conclusions. Very often, that's the case, especially when it comes to science and medicine. So you do have to talk to them, but you also have to encourage them to be curious and skeptical and question. That's my opinion. Uh, and just to that co- uh, co- uh, comment before we get to Walton Northglen, is that is something that I realized in as I was on my journey, that there are many people that uh, do not have intellectual curiosity. And that is something that we need to uh, uh, foster uh, with those around us. So, hey, Walton Northland, welcome Kim. to the show. Kim, Hi, wait, good Kim morning. I have to say something. Oh, hold, uh, hold on, Walt. Go ahead, Leslie. Curiosity is being crushed out of our children in public school. Because you know what? The curious ones, the ones who ask questions, the ones who kind of are more difficult, they are penalized. Right Before we had public school, we had a 98% literacy rate in this country when it was all private and it was all in little communities. Think about Little House on the Prairie. That's how it was. Nowadays, most kids, I think, who are 12 years old are not literate. True. That's true. Because that. of our public schools. And they're being told the kids who are difficult or whatever, medicate them. I know. Sorry. Go I ahead, know Walt. that's Okay, Walton Northland, what's on your radar? Hi, good morning. Hey, I have a question, a possible fact that goes with this, but correct me if I'm wrong, is that the United States is the only country that commercializes or advertises pharmaceutical drugs in the United States. Is that true, Leslie? It's, it's partially true, Walt. New Zealand... So what you're actually, I think what you meant to say is that the United States is the only country that allows pharmaceutical companies to advertise directly to consumers. Right. And that is correct, except that also New Zealand. So both the United States and New Zealand both allow the pharmaceutical industry to advertise direct to consumers. That law was passed sometime in the late 90s, I believe, early 2000s, and there's somewhere in that decade. Um, Yes, now that's why you get all the ads. They never were there before wow. the late nineties. Yeah. Because I can't remember back in the 70s and 80s, because you guys are my age, we're you know, close to 60, but I thought, man, that is just mind-blowing. And it's just how much money they make you know, from the propaganda and the mainstream media. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. It really is. But thank you, ladies. I appreciate the time Walt, that you're giving to Walt, me. Let me. Yes, let me say something, Walt, to that, which is so important. It's not just how they're manipulating you through their advertisements. What's even more pernicious is the way that they are essentially buying the media. The pharmaceutical industry will spend $35 billion this year on marketing and advertising of their products globally. 
they own our media. Wow. In addition to that, the government gave a billion dollars to the media in the last year or two in order to ensure that the media only covered the narrative the government wanted you to hear about COVID and COVID vaccines. Wow. Okay. Hey, Leslie, we've we got just... In, literally, this is the Ministry of Truth. Okay. True that. We have a minute left. Rhonda, I want, want you to get your question in. Let's see if we can address it. Rhonda and North Glenn. Um, so my comment is like talking on the indoctrination of our children. I remember back when my older grandson and granddaughter started kindergarten about the first thing that they came home and said is, you can't touch me because I can call the cops on you. Oh, boy. Okay. And that was well over 18 years ago. Okay. Wow. So this is how bad, you know, stuff started back then and probably even before then. Right. Leslie, 15 seconds. What's your comments on that? My comments are the only way we're going to save this is if parents pull their kids out of the school system and build their own schools. Get together with others in your community and homeschool your kids. You don't have to do it yourself. You can find someone who will. But the point is you can, you know, come together, band together, and do it yourself in order to get them out of this because they are indoctrination camps. Oh, my gosh. Leslie Manukian, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Health Freedom Defense Fund, go there, donate, help her with her work. Leslie, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Great to be with you guys. And Alan Thomas, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Ken. I tell you, there's a lot going on out there. There's a lot of work to be done. A lot of work to be done. And we were made for this moment. So our quote for the end of the show is from Henry David Thoreau. He said, if you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now put foundations under them. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.